Welcome to episode 14 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. This episode we continue watching women's wrestling moving from WWE's main roster to NXT, the home of WWE's women's revolution. And the match we watched was Sasha Banks versus Bayley from NXT Brooklyn. So, Laura, let's start as usual with your star rating. I feel like you're going to be mad, considering when we were picking between this and Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Hanzo said this one was just like visibly 10 times better. And I was so ready to like it because women, and I'm the one who requested seeing something with Sasha Banks wrestle just because I, some of my friends who watch wrestling like her and I've been compared to her aesthetically, like in terms of hair color and like clothes I like and stuff. But, oh man, just made me, the wrestling was pretty good. The actual physical wrestling at the, the second half of the match. But the storytelling in the beginning was just so ham-fisted to me and so painfully obvious like there's there's a story like I want to buy into but then when you're like shoving it down my throat okay well now I don't want to buy into the story that you're selling me anymore because you're trying so hard I just want to hate it so I give it two out of five. Zero welcome for storytelling to, but two for WWE. wrestling <laughs> Was <laughs> so, like the whole time I'm thinking New Japan would be doing this, which is terrible. like New Japan would have had like I think the build up like that intro video, um, uh, detailing the history Bailey had with the horseman that would have been fine, and then just let the wrestling be decent wrestling. But we don't need this constant like the Sasha you're a loser and like yelling at her because normally you can't even hear what they're saying in the ring. But the fact that they made it so you could be sure that all the like school playground insults and all the bullying was heard just to add to the Bailey is this wholesome underdog that combined with her like childlike aesthetic and with the the branding and everything it was literally just it felt like two kids be bullying each other on a school playground and I'm like this is not what I'm here to watch I know this back is weird to Okada versus Shibata right how like how much of that story did you know going in it had no intro video it had no build. I didn't tell you shit. Yeah. And how much of the story of that did you pick up just from the differences between them and how they wrestled? Okada yeah. comes out wearing this gold robe, you know, like, with money literally raining from the sky. Shibata comes out wearing black trunks and boots and just looks serious. Yeah. The <laughs> and then, like, you know, he just totally, like, there's so much storytelling in the match with like, how he totally out-wrestled. Okada, but never tried pinning once. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then the and ending of the match also WWE's just left. WWE's the ugh. total opposite. It's like we won't show storytelling in the wrestling. Instead, we'll just like tell you the whole story. Like, <laughs> and like they had moments in the wrestling that they were doing it. It was just combined with all this over the top other nonsense, like Sasha taking off the hand wrap. Perfectly shows the I'm like the villain. I'm the heel. I'm yeah, the bitch who will do what wrestling. Yeah, like, I will do what I need to win because I think I'm better than you. Like, you could have just had moments like that, but then there was so much, and, like, the whole where she shoved her hand in between the stairs and then went to town on the hand. And it's like, okay, you could have still have done the, like, this is a weak point, exploit it, go for her hand. But then the way she did it was also a bit, like, over-the-top heely, but I get it, you know? They need their, their villain. Fine. But then the ending of the match, too, like, there are other matches... Like, the Asuka-Charlotte Flair one, and I liked the, like, hug at the end and the, like, we have respect, we're friends now. But this one, they made a point to build up and how, like, Sasha was constantly verbally tearing down Bailey. There was no respect there, no, or at least in theory. And then it's like, no, we're all friends again because we're the women making wrestling better. Uh, Everyone and, and loves Bailey now. In- and I'm like, no, 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 no. Own it. Own the fact that you thought you were better than her. This is bullshit. This is complete character 180. And again, the shoving things down the throat rather than it's like, rather than let the audience feel things come to our conclusion, we will, we want to f- try and force you to feel exactly the way we want you to feel at the end of this match. And I was just like, ugh, gross. I, I, like, this is the all the stuff is, why I didn't like WWE, like, coming into it was kind of here. <laughs> and the thing is, it wasn't just Sasha turning around. The intro video showed how, like, Bailey used to be friends with Charlotte, but she betrayed her. She then became friends with Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch betrayed her. And now here they both are, been super friendly with her and, like, crying because she won the title. I would have even been fine seeing Becky and Charlotte come in because they weren't in 
this match. This is like there could there was a bit more time between their like relationship with her and now, but like Sasha was literally just calling her a not good enough loser who isn't ready for this and is yeah. like doesn't belong here. And now she's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, we're all so great. I'm like, they wanted really? a four horse woman spot for the sake of having a four horse woman exactly spot. not and because it, it made sense exactly and like it would have been such a great moment if it had felt like it was it had a place for that but because they forced it in there it cheapens the moment and it belittles it and now i feel like it's almost pandering and condescending to women rather than actually being meaningful because we're just gonna and throw the thing it in is, there and nxt's done this before and well right because there was a wrestler called Sami Zayn on the male side of nxt right Mm-hmm. who had a very similar storyline. He was trying to get the title for years and years, but was always one step away. You know, he was always just off the title. Like, you know, and he had this title match against a guy called Neville. And, like, the whole match was set up to show, you know, that this is his time, right? He even, like, had a moment where he had an opportunity to cheat and, like, decided against it because he wanted to win legitimately and not sour his victory and stuff like that. And when he won the title, finally, the whole, like, men's locker room, or at least all the good guys in the men's locker room, came out and, like, surrounded him and they, like, picked him up and were throwing him in the air and stuff like that. And it worked. You know what I mean? But the important thing is, it's the good guys in the men's locker room who are friends with him. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it's not like the guy he was in the match with suddenly turned around and was like, oh, I'm so happy for you, buddy. Like, Exactly. It's just, it's just dumb. The whole thing just made me feel like talked down to, and it's like the whole, you never want to treat your audience as entirely stupid because it's going to leave them feeling like I am right now and turned off and almost like offended and just like, really? Really? You think I needed to be spoon-fed that entire thing? Like, and like I said, there was good wrestling, like physical wrestling in a lot of parts of it. And I just couldn't really enjoy it because I was just getting annoyed at their storytelling and their characterization. But yeah. And the thing is, it drives me insane because it seems to be, right? This isn't me being sexist. This is me accusing (laughs) WWE of being sexist, right? There seems to be such a difference between how they treat the males and how they treat women. Right? Because whenever, like, a man has an emotional, you know, like, win, they just let it, like, stand for itself. You know what I mean? Or, like, you know, how so his friends come out and support him. But whenever a woman has an emotional moment, every woman's involved in it, even the ones they're literally feuding with. You know what I mean? And, and like, with men, they can do subtle storytelling. But with the women, nope, it's all ham-fisted and, you know, yeah. like, in your face and stuff like that. And, and even, and even again, if, like, Becky and Charlotte had come out and hugged her and tried to get Charlotte in a group hug, or, sorry, Charlotte, get Sasha in the group hug, and Sasha just kind of, like, shook her head and was like, no, and stood off because she was like, I'm pissed. I should have won. I don't blah, blah, blah. I still would have bought that. I would have been less annoyed. I still would have felt like it was a nice gesture and maybe like still help drive home there this is an important day for women storyline while being realistic or even if sasha had like just like sort of begrudgingly shook a hand and then walked off you know what i mean like you know i'm still mad but like okay you beat. but like fine you you beat me yeah exactly but she just seemed so immediately like everyone was best friends again and i'm like as a woman i can tell you no this is not true that is not what happens we we can hold crutches we like, it's not going to be that easy if if the story was as intense as they built it to be. Because either it's like, okay, what do you want me to believe? Do you want me to believe all their feuds the whole time have been, like, fake and meaningless and not that great? Or do you want me to believe, and so and therefore this ending moment makes sense? Or would you rather I believe the longer story you're trying to tell, but then this ending moment is completely out of place and I hate it? It's like, you can't Just have Just for the both. record, after this, Sasha and Bailey resumed their feud as if nothing happened. And had a rematch. Of course. Just, <laughs> like, just literally weird. just went back to been hating each other and pretending this never happened. Yeah. Also, also the, the pre-match also really emphasizes how WWE treat women, right? Because yeah, Steph also, McMahon, we need Stephanie McMahon to come out. And just in case you weren't aware, this is important. Like, literally taking a hammer with the message to everyone's face. As I say, they are obsessed with telling you and not actually showing right? They tell you this is important. They tell you that the women 
are the main event. Here's the important detail. This match was the second to last match of the night. A men's match went on after it. It's not the fucking main event if it yeah. goes on second to last. I was like, I call bullshit. How about you could cut out this whole speech and just let it be at the end? And that would speak, again, with the showing, not telling, that would speak so many more volumes than having this, like, Stephanie McMahon little pity speech come out just to try and build it up. They, it's like, you're not the main event, it. but we're going to pretend it is. And they I'm keep like, calling it the co-main event. Fuck off, co-main event. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Also, I feel like I was off-put from the beginning because I just don't know how I feel about this weird, like, Disney Channel WWE crossover in Bailey. Like, I thought I was like, why is JoJo Siwa a wrestler? What is happening? With the side ponytail, the two men, the clearly, like, a bit more childlike aesthetic and even, like, cuts of all the, like, the one little kid who's dressed like her everything. And it's like, I get why this is a good thing. Because, you know, like, maybe to empower younger girls and be like, yeah, we can be, like, tough, we can be strong, we can be, like, powerful, whatever. But also, at the same time, just feels so weird and so out of place and, like, we're infantilizing a, a grown woman in some way. And, oh, it was just weird. I, I do not like the Bailey shtick at for, all. For the, for the record, Bailey, like, when she was in NXT, was super successful at bringing in young like female viewers like in numbers WWE had like never seen before like she genuinely appealed to young women you know young girls yeah. and bought them and then she got brought up to the main roster and they fucked her super hard yeah and again like nothing with I I get it I get the the point I get the marketing reasons for it it just to me I don't know it just felt really weird and Again, I was like, hey, WWE, jo- Jojo Siwa here, became a wrestler. Why is here's that? Here's a surefire way to bring in a demographic that you traditionally struggle to appeal to in the form of young girls. What are you going to do with it? Uh, let's treat it like a joke, have a lose every match, and then stop showing her on TV. Oh, also that. Okay. That's not fun. And also the inflatable tube men. I was like, no, get it away. Stop. They're great. They're the best. No, They're I so hate good. them. They're weird. They're creepy. They are disturbing. I've never liked them. So just no. Hated it. I like that the also it's just such a poor wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. I know it's just such a poor also choice. The the side ponytail to go with her all like I'm cute and young, but then she just looks so janky by the end of the match because there's no way to keep that hairstyle not looking atrocious after actual wrestling with all the stuff the, that's it's been pulled points out of place there's so much just like this weird round like cloud of hair that gives her this incredibly weird round bulbous head shape the way the hair falls out of that like the minute she walks in i'm like that's gonna look awful at the end of the match this is this was a male choice to to have her hair be like this because she's holding up her belt it's a sharp moment i'm just like you look really shit and not in the i wrestled a lot hard and i'm like fatigued in the you just look like i don't know you look like you did that and then went through a windstorm it just wasn't while fun. we're on the subject of bailey's attire um there was an important bit of it to talk about which is that she was wearing like a headband and two armbands that were like black with yellow polka dots on yeah it was a m- in memoriam of another wrestler i'm guessing they said yeah, a name Dust, but i didn't Dusty know Rhodes. okay he's like one of the all-time greats but um the reason she's wearing a tribute to him is that he after he like retired he became like the head trainer at w uh, at nxt so he worked in like the wwe training center you know training like oh, okay. sasha banks bailey becky lynch everyone like that and, you know, was really good, and they all loved him to bits, and he, like, passed away a bit before this match. Okay. So she wore it in tribute to him passing away. Oh, that's very nice. It's a nice little touch. Oh, was that, like, his colors when he was a wrestler or Yeah, something? yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and again, and even then from the, like, the entrances told a story if they weren't then verbally being so over the top with it, because, like, just her entrance, and then how like aggressive Sasha's was and how much of the I need to prove how much better I'm like how much more money I have how much more of a badass I am like that alone without the commentators ruining it with the OTT like words would have also told 
again, the showing of a story and clearly the difference between them and what Sasha thought of herself compared to Bailey. But then you have the commentator saying, oh, if you think there's a snowball's chance in hell, she will lose that thing, aka the belt. Then you're out of your mind. And then it's like, okay, you just sealed the deal. Bailey's winning just because you said that statement for there sure. There was a great camera shot where when Sasha was finishing her entrance, like as she was coming into the ring, literally getting lifted into the ring by like security guards and stuff, the camera pans to like Bailey's face and Bailey looks so nervous and like full of self-doubt. And I loved that camera shot. You know, like Sasha's there just exuding confidence. Like you've yeah. never seen a more confident human being I in know, your entire right? life. And it looks over to Bailey and she looks like she's about to throw up from nerves. Like, yeah. so good. And that's and what again, I mean. You can tell stories just with like camera work exactly. and facial expressions. Like, exactly. If your performers are good enough actors, which they were doing their thing. Like they were playing it up perfectly. But again, that whole, if you think there's a snowball's chance in hell, she will lose. I'm like, well, now you've just confirmed that okay. she's going to lose by I saying that. I have a that. lot of notes about heel commentators because as I've said many times, I fucking hate them. Like <laughs> the bad guy is meant to be the bad guy. So why do I have one of the commentators telling me how great they are how smart they are, how they're never going to lose, how Bailey can't possibly defeat them. I'm meant to hate them. You're not meant to tell me how good they are. And if by some logic, I'm meant to hate you for defending them. Great. Why do I want to listen to someone I hate? <laughs> there was literally a moment in this match where the heel commentator goes, oh, stop talking to me. I'm trying to watch Sasha. And the face commentator goes, I'd rather you stop talking. I, yeah, and then I it was just that. an awkward fucking silence for ages. Yeah, it was just a That's commentary not good overall. Commentary. The whole commentary overall was just bad between being painfully obvious and like uh what's the word when you're when if you're in like a physical fight and you're basically telling your opponent what you're, like um telegraphing everything. That's what I was looking for. Just just so bad. And and I also, I did enjoy a note on the crowd, though, that when they're introducing them, all I could hear was boos for both of them. Like, the boos are with the chairs. Like, so the crowd wants no one to win. Excellent. And it just What's made me laugh. Is, <laughs> during the entrances, the crowd, like, wasn't that loud. Like, you could hear them, but they weren't very loud. Yeah. But then as soon as the match started, the crowd, like, fucking shot up in volume. Like, the crowd yeah. was loud as fuck once the actual wrestling began. I was going to say, and by the end, they were nuts. At the beginning, I was like why are you here? Do you really care? This doesn't feel very main event. But I just liked, I liked that it felt a bit even at least. Like I didn't feel like there was a clear favorite from the crowd to color my opinion, which was nice. And then once the wrestling got started, I like the second half of the wrestling match a lot. The beginning felt very like cat fighty, like feral cats in heat, just clawing at each other in an alley and very kind of like a lot of the negative tropes of when women fight. And it took a while to get really more, like, wrestle and athletic, in my opinion. Because um, it literally was, like, them just, like, running at each other and they're, like, punching and scratching, like, on the ground. Like, hair pulling very, again, kind of girls on a playground, almost. And then there was the whole bit with the ropes at the beginning. Bailey's literally just, like, standing there and letting Sasha just jam her face into the turnbuckle over and over again. And, again, there's, there's ways to act it like we've seen matches people act it out where it doesn't feel like i'm standing there waiting for the thing we've planned but this felt to me so much like i'm standing here waiting for what we have planned and it didn't feel because like at the end of the match there was oh because like sasha being so ragged all at the end she's tired they've been through a lot it makes sense that you kind of just hang out and leave yourself open the match literally just started and it feels like bailey's just chilling here like yes sasha come at me wail on me i'm here i'm yours it's like some weird bdsm moment it was odd I have two comments. Um, one, on the split crowd, I think that says a lot about how bad a job WWE do of heels and faces, though. Like, with this whole idea of heel commentators putting over the heels and telling you how great they are and stuff, that's you're meant to have a bad guy you boo, a good guy you cheer. But in WWE, they're so bad at making people bad guys and good guys that the crowd's, like, split between them and don't know who they're meant to like and who they're meant to dislike. Fuck, is it really that difficult to make someone a bad guy and make someone else a good guy? Like, really? And then, yeah, for um, sure. I agree with a lot of what you said about the start of the match. Um, but one thing I did like about the start of the match, because I'm not over, I'm not an entirely negative person, just 90% negative. Uh, one thing I did like about the start of the match was like Sasha's sort of storytelling in how she acted, in that she like wasn't taking Bailey serious 
at all early. Like, she spent more time, like, mocking her and messing with the crowd and stuff than actually, like, wrestling Bailey. You know, like, she just wasn't, she didn't see Bailey as a serious threat at all. Because she's confident. We've seen that she's a supremely confident person and she just doesn't think Bailey's a threat yeah. at all. <laughs> for her, it makes sense, but Bailey, it's still seen for this is for such a big moment, even building up to. And even she mentioned, like, I'm bringing my mom to watch, and I, f- I feel so bad for my mom watching me lose all the time. And I was really like, oh, low blow bringing your mother into this. Now I feel like I have to cheer for you. But it was like, she also felt very, like, you'd think she would have been a bit more either calculated or tactical at the beginning, or a little less just like, throw myself at you and just flail wildly, which is what it felt like for a long time. And again, the letting herself stand there in the turnbuckle and get wailed on. I'm like, this what? This is your match. What are you doing? You're giving her free hits there, is what it felt like. There was one moment I really wanted to like, but they sort of fucked it, which is like Sasha was screaming at ba- Bailey in the corner about how she wasn't good enough. Oh, and, and then when she that. kicked her in the face? Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Bailey's going to like, she's going to get so pissed off, she's going to fire her up. And, you know, go crazy. But but no, she just kicked her in the face once and then just lay in the corner. It's like, oh. Yeah, I feel like there should have been okay. a bit of build off of that to really make it the epic. Like, yeah, that it's should almost have been like, her, like, coming back moment, you know? She should yeah. have fired up and... Like, it's, this is a very much more dramatic version, but kind of like in... And anyone who hasn't watched Avengers Endgame, m- mute the podcast for, like, a minute. Because I'm going to make a comparison to a very intense spoilery moment from that. But... It's, it's like when, of course, like they've all looked like they've been beat at the end and Captain America's shield's broken and Thanos is basically like, haha, what are you going to do? You've lost. And he still stands back up with the broken shield and is, like stands him down alone. Like, well, I know I've lost, but I have to try. But then, of course, everyone comes back. You hear the on your left, all this fired up. Again, when they are at their lowest, when someone is being that verbally and physically trodden down, the pullback needs to be epic, like in that moment. And hers, it was like, epic kick, and then the energy fell again. And it was yeah, a wa- such like, a waste. It's like, um, if you, like, remember, like, I think it's in the first Omega Okada match. Because if you remember, like, Omega went into that match really cocky and confident. He was, like, full heel at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a bit where he's, like, winning, and then he, like, spits on Okada. Yeah. Like, totally mocking him. And Okada just beats the ever-loving shit out of him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not taking that. Like... Fuck you. And that, that's sort of what this should have been. It should have been like Sasha's screaming at Bailey, winding her up, and Bailey snaps and beats her up. But nope, just, you know, one kick and then we're done. Again, WWE, king of wasted moments. And then in the in the beginning, the next thing I wrote that was really weird again, there was like just this it's too early on for fatigue to be a viable excuse, so just this, I'm gonna stand here and wait for a thing to happen, where Sasha was, like, hanging in the ropes, like, using her knees to hold on to the top rope, and she was waiting for Bailey, because then Bailey came in and got, like, an elbow drop on her stomach, and she was just there waiting for that, because Bailey took so long to come back and set up, and the only part of it that was cool, I was like, it's mad showcasing for Sasha's abs, because she had to, from hanging vertically upside down, crunch back up to make a flat stomach for Bailey to elbow drop on, and I could speak from experience from doing, like, aerial silks and hoop and shit, that's fucking hard. That takes well, so much I, core I strength that a, I do yeah. not possess. So. I had a comment about that spot, which is one thing that I'll praise this for. Because this, like, hanging in the ropes and then someone doesn't move on to you is very common. A lot of the male wrestlers, and we actually we actually have seen this in um, Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, where Andrade does it as, like, a stomp. You know, he puts you like that, and then they sort of sit up in the corner, and then he stomps down on them. But, like, most of the time when people do it, the person's like, sits up and then is in the sort of sat-up position, just, like, waiting for the move to happen. And it looks super fake, super set up, and shit. But one thing I liked about this is that Sasha waited on the, like, sit-up until right as the move was, like, about to land. So, like, it looked more like Sasha was, like, about to try get her out. Like, you know, she was about to sit up so that she could get herself out of this position. And then the move hit her, you know what I mean? Which, which like, is fair, but then there was still so much time where her lying, like, flat and vertical. Yeah, so, like, the timing of the setup was great, but then there was, yeah, this wasted, weird, like, she was practically immobile. Like, she could have been taking a nice nap for all for all we knew. So, uh, that things like that just made the start of the match really slow, really eh for me. 
And then I think the first time, like, when things started picking up wrestling-wise for me was when Bailey did the, like, Sasha was out of the, the ring and Bailey did, like, this kick slide thing under both the low ropes to come from one side of the ring to the other and, like, kick Sasha while she was out of the ring. And it was it felt very, like, spy movie slide under thing and very cool. And then after that, there was the Sasha's knee kick to Bailey that made her fall on all the ropes. Like, she was on the top rope. And it felt like something straight out of Looney Tunes because she hit, like, every single of the three ropes coming down, then the apron, then the floor. It was very, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it made me kind of, like, kind of chuckle, which is terrible. But that was when the wrestling started to pick up for me, I would say. While they were outside the ring, there was an incredible spot where Bailey was out of the ring and the ref was, like, leaning through the ropes to check on her. And Sasha just, like, flipped over the referee. Oh, yeah, that's in my notes. Ring. That's that in my notes. So I was like, sick. that is badass. That is really cool. That's way down... Hold on. Where did I write it? Um, I wrote it somewhere. I can't find it. But, yeah, I remember because I was like, you just literally did a somersault over the ref. That and it was, was like, really unique. It was a really unique, like, clever yeah because i haven't seen anyone like i haven't seen that before in any of the matches we've watched we've seen a lot of flips out of the ring but like you know the introduction of like flipping over the ref just made it different and like you'll see a lot of suplexes a lot of like like a lot of moves that are staples as you do but this was something at least to me felt really new and looked really cool like that was a 10 out of 10 for flair moment while also being effective um and then again, I wrote another note about Sasha's constant verbal abuse being very audible, makes me even more sure Bailey will win just so they can sell this underdog feel-good narrative and she beat her bullies and it's, that's a message we want to send to kids and stuff, which is fine. I have no problem with that story. I would just like it to be told better so I can appreciate it. Do you want to know a prime example of how Bailey is used on the main roster? I, sure, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. So she had a feud with a wrestler called Alexa Bliss. And the whole feud was basically, it was this feud, but, you know, on the main roster. It was all about, like, Alexa not taking Bayley serious and, like, mocking her. And she did a segment called This Is Your Life, where she got, like, people from Bayley's life to come and talk about how much of a geek Bayley is and how much of a loser she is and stuff like that, right? Ew, that's so gross. So it, it was just straight up, like, bullying Bayley the whole way through. And the payoff for this feud, right, was meant to be... They had, like, a kendo stick match, right? It's basically a wrestling match with a kendo stick involved, right? And you think, this is Bailey's ta- You know, she's gonna get the kendo stick and get revenge on Alexa Bliss and beat up the bully. No. As soon as the match starts, Alexa Bliss grabs the kendo stick and beats the ever-loving crap out of Bailey and wins in about two minutes. Well, that's disappointing as fuck. So the story you're telling there is she bullied her for a good reason because she is a fucking loser. Like, what the fuck sort of story is this? Like, Again, petition to just fire all the writers on WWE and let anyone else take over. Anyone can do better. Just so garbage. I'm pretty sure you could just go to like a, a GCSE English classroom. Like, actually, <laughs> like, you're like who wants a job? Who wants a job? Who has good, good grades in creative writing? And then I, on my next note was, oh man, now we're going full bitch. Sasha is unwrapping the hand brace. Um, which again, like, didn't, but like, I hated that move, but at the same time I was like, okay, but that's a good job at making her, like, that's perfect heel move. Straight up villain. Well done. Good on you, I guess. And the more you can hear the ref being like, knock it off when she's attacking her hand. I just went, sir, sit down. Do you think you're at all important right now? Do you think anyone's listening to you? You are so non-existent in this equation right now. You are not red shoes. Go away. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a does it like we've talked about it before is the fundamental difference between how WWE treats ref and how like New Japan does. In that like in WWE refs are just invisible officiators. Yeah. In New Japan they're a part of the match. Like and again, we say he says, "Knock it off." Sasha keeps going. Like even the wrestlers don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, like when, just... when people defy red shoes, he literally grabs them and like pulls them back. Like, and he's a small man, but he still does it. It's so great. And then again with the she may have a broken hand. The commentator like, yeah, okay, she's fine. Calm down. Like we all know her hand is perfectly fine. 
She did not kick her hand. And you even showed the slow-mo angle that showed her kicking the box to, in theory, crush her hand through the box. Yeah, Yeah. you kicked the box away from her hand is what you did to make it safe. Because you could actually really fuck up her hand if you did that properly. There's some moments you just shouldn't show in slow-mo. That, that is key, because because fast and from the right camera angle, it looks like she is kicking the box and squishing her hand. But then when you do the angle that shows where she's kicking, completely ruins it. Yeah, so like the like, original right. camera angle at full was speed, fine. it looked great. It looked like yeah. a brutal spot, and then they showed a slow mo replay from a different camera angle. Yep. And here's the note. I was it okay? That so, moment. Yep. I found my note. I just wrote somersaulting over the ref is pretty lit. That's all I wrote for that and did they just say that weird like submission they were doing or like holding on to their face is it called the bank statement because her name is sasha banks yes oh my god that's that's did gypsy name that um sellotape gypsy is the name of one of our twitch friends if you want a bad move name right the fucking bailey to belly it's a belly to belly suplex and they call it the bailey to belly that sounds weird. It's oh, like, so bad. I hate it. Like I get some weird, like maternal vibe from that. I guess like I don't like, but like talking to someone's like stomach or something like like not like a oh that's weird. And if I don't if, like you, that. Uh, if we're discussing like fo- like how we wrote notes in funny ways, <laughs> I've got a note that says, "Open quotes. This is what we call an oh my god moment." Close quotes. Kill me. <laughs> yeah, and then so now we're in the half of the match where clearly Sasha's like, "Oh shit, this is getting real." She's looking full ragdoll, as I wrote. I said, "This is a decent job of drawing it out and looking believably fatigued." Something I'll give them. I didn't feel like when we watched any of like the Johnny Gargano or John Cena things, where their faces were just so over the top of what will I do now? I'm so tired and perplexed. Like they, I think they did a pretty good job of selling. Uh, fatigue and confusion without being cheesy and I never really was mad at any of like the cutaways to their facial expressions or anything. There's an amazing moment around here where Sasha tried pin Bailey like she did like a, a what's called a meteora like double knees off the top ropes mm-hmm. and then went to pin Bailey and when Bailey kicked out Sasha threw a right paddy <laughs> she threw a proper yeah. t- she looked like she was crying like she threw a proper temper tantrum because she's like that was supposed out. to be it <laughs> I was done but it shows um, like a contrast I, it's just good yeah. storytelling like she's gone from oh this isn't serious Bailey's a loser what can she do to me to oh my god that didn't work what the fuck am I gonna do uh yeah exactly and then i also uh, like complete random sidebar how can sasha see for half the match so she has so much hair just like flying around i'm like how does she know what's going on i'm impressed looks amazing though well it does that's part of why like this is a really incredibly girly vanity moment part of why i wanted to see her wrestle just because i used to have um pink and purple hair and uh when i was living in the uk i guess that was around the end of when she was still wrestling on tv and a lot of my friends who watched wrestling compared my hair to her hair and even the kid i babysat once asked his mom mommy how come that lady stole laura's hair and it made me laugh so i was in mad hair envy for sasha i also watched her on hot ones and thought she was pretty cool so i wanted to watch her wrestle so you brought it up um a bit just then about sasha has stopped wrestling now and you asked me about it when we were watching um, mm-hmm. what happened to Sasha Banks. I feel I should elaborate on it on the podcast, right? <laughs> so basically, what happened, this is a great story, it's the most WWE thing ever, <laughs> is WWE... But not a story they wrote, and that's why it's a good one. WWE introduced women's tag titles. They've never had women's tag titles before, right? But they introduced women's tag team titles. And the first team to win them, the inaugural women's tag title holders, were Sasha Banks and Bayley. And this is important because basically the only reason they introduced women's tag titles was because Sasha Banks and Bayley pushed for it super hard. They wanted there to be a women's tag division, right? And by then I'm guessing, had they done a like bury the hatchet, our feud's over, so let's be friends and wrestle together thing? Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's been years since this feud. The feud was 2015, so... (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Um, So, basically, yeah, they put... And they literally backstage just kept pressuring Vince McMahon, can we have women's tag titles, can we have women's tag... And eventually he conceded, 
and at WrestleMania, grandest stage of them all, they became the inaugural women's tag title holders, right? So far, this is all sounding okay. I'm yeah, waiting so for all, the bad all good, part. All good so far, right? Then, about two weeks later, in their first ever defense, they lost them to a team called the Iconics, who are like a comedy joke tag team. Oh, gross. Who, ever since have, like, not had a single title defence and lose every non-tag title match they're part of. Ew. Gross. So they took the belts off of the people who pushed for them after they only had them for, like, two weeks to give them to a joke tag team who lose all the time but for some reason never actually have title matches to defend their titles so never lose the titles yeah that would leave a pretty bad taste in my mouth i'd be pretty fucking pissed off so so shasha was so mad at how they treated the women's tag titles and her that she just went home she was just like yeah i'm I'm not wrestling for you anymore and she's she's still under contract and if you you know are not actively wrestling they can like they can freeze your contract you know because you're not actually doing the work that you're contracted so to do. So it means she can't wrestle for anyone else yeah, because she she's on contract, but she still isn't else. helping them. So she couldn't yeah. like join the all elite wrestling or something, no. for example. She she literally just has to sit at home. But she's so mad that she is willing to just sit at home over this. Well, and I'm sure and if wrestle. she was if she was smart with her money, she also probably would never need to work again in her life if she, you know, saved and invested what she made. She can just do that. But that is for her to figure out. <laughs> I, I give her props, though, for, you know, sticking to her her beliefs and standing yeah, up for being a, like, a no, lot, this is bullshit. I'm not letting you treat it like that. feel she took the wrong approach, though, because a lot of people think what she should have done instead is the John Moxley-Dean Ambrose approach, which is mm-hmm. that he was really unhappy with how WWE used him and how they treated him and the dumb promos they made him do and stuff. Yeah. So he finished his contract but like literally he was like counting down the days he had like a calendar crossing off every day that went past you know he knew exactly That's how many days he had left in his contract at any point right? <laughs> I love and that. then the second his contract was done he was like i'm out peace <laughs> like i'm know, also guessing like, there's something in their contracts because i'm like i think one thing that would be a great way to like stick it to them but i'm sure you'd probably get fined and fired and shit because i'm assuming their contracts also say you have to stick to the predetermined like outcomes that we've chosen so say yeah. if sasha decided to come back and went into wrestle a match that she was supposed to win and then she purposely didn't kick out of a pin and let it lose she could get in trouble they have to do what well they're told. there is actually right Here's a, a very, it's all very off topic, but like, uh, it's very interesting. Just because what all, I would do in that case is just then do the opposite of everything they asked me to do until they make me leave. <laughs> like, all wrestling contracts, including ones for WWE, are independent contractor contracts. Technically, WWE wrestlers employees, are no independent one. contractors, not employees. Mm-hmm. But they can't wrestle for any other company. That's so, so weird. I feel like there has to be some legal legal way around that. Yeah, if someone really wanted to then yeah, like, it's, get it's lawyers bullshit. and dispute that. It's bullshit. They literally, they can't do that. It's just like the only reason it hasn't been contested yet. Because no one's like, challenged it. Yeah, nobody has the money to try to take on WWE's legal team. The, this <laughs> is, you know what this I mean? is fair, you know. It's, and it also, would be like, a monumentous undertaking. <laughs> And another thing is, like, if a politician ever got word of it and, like, bothered, they could easily shut it down. But mm-hmm. no politicians want to be involved in wrestling because it's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's, sure. it's seen as, like, a carny, you know, like, not serious thing. And if you're involved in it in any way, you're taken less seriously. You know, so politicians want nothing to do with it. But if a politician cared, they could easily, like, resolve the contract situation because it is bullshit and literally illegal. But whatever that's so infuriating like you'd think if you're sasha being forced to sit on your hands and i guess or i think the other way to do it is if you could maybe get do a class action lawsuit and if you got a group of wrestlers so then if you pool all of your crazy stupid money you probably have enough to go up against wwe and then get paid out but 
it would be a hefty time and financial investment that I'm sure a lot of them are like, it's not worth it. Yeah, and uh, like, there's an ob- very obvious reason why WWE don't have them as employees and want them as independent contractors. Because you have to give employees benefits, right? Yes, you have to give them things like health insurance. Which would be a lot in this physical of a sport. <laughs> wow, this is such a good look for WWE. Anyways. <laughs> there was a moment Back recently to the... uh, where actually, like, so Bailey, ironically, mm-hmm. Bailey was doing an interview on, like, um, a sports news channel, right? Yeah. And they were like, oh, what's it like being, you know, like out on the road? What's it like touring and stuff? And she was like, oh, it's actually very tiring. It's a lot more tiring than people think. Because you, like, finish a show and then you've got to drive to, like, the next show and stuff like that. Well, and don't half of them, they don't provide transportation. They have to get there themselves. Yeah, they they have to hire a rental car. And, like, it's not even paid for. And the hotels aren't paid for. They have to pay for their own rental cars and hotels and everything, right? That's bullshit. Like, WWE, you have so much money. And this, this, this woman goes, wait. You drive yourself? And Billy goes, yeah, of course. What else would we do? And like, you don't have, like, a bus or a driver? No, because WWE like, no, no, are bitches. And the woman's like, look, if you need someone to get on WWE's case about this and, like, organise a legal thing, you let me know, because that's bullshit. She's like, I think they're making enough money off of you that they could afford drivers for you. Yeah, like, even, it doesn't even have to be, like, you know, get the top of the line, like, the fanciest tour bus that, like, fucking Bono or something would use. Like, just get a decent bus or RV that they'd all fit in or, and one driver. Doesn't have to be a luxury one with, you know, yeah. that comes, like, with a fridge stock just of champagne or some bus, nonsense. Like, yeah. And it's like, uh, but this happens all the time whenever, like, legit sports and stuff or legit entertainers and stars get involved like meet wrestlers and hear what wrestlers go through and shit like that they're always like what <laughs> like, you know what i mean like how because like yeah. there was a there was a moment once where this was back in like the 90s you know so things weren't as sort of good as they are now right mm-hmm. a woman's wrestler went on um strictly come dancing i think it was or dancing yeah. with the stars one of the two you know where celebrities that learn to dance and stuff and obviously she was the only wrestler there. The rest were all, like, Hollywood actors and stuff like that. And she made, like, as much money as any of them, but was just treated way, way worse. You know what I mean? And when yeah. all the other actors and stuff found out about how badly she was, like, treated, they actually convinced her to never go back into wrestling again, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, they, like, they were so appalled with how wrestling treats their stars. Yeah. Well, and like, even, um, I just texted, uh, James, my boyfriend earlier, to tell him what match we watched. Um, he's like, that's the one where Bailey does the reverse sunset flip off the turnbuckle to Banks, hits her with the Bailey to belly finisher, right? And I said, yes, that's the one. And he's talking about things, and he's like, um, it's sad what happened to Sasha Banks. She basically got fed up with the booking and hasn't returned to the company since. They get booked as stars at NXT. When they are moved up to the main roster, it becomes complete garbage. Like, yep, we're just talking about that right now. <laughs> So just uh, he got the move a bit wrong though, because it was a serendipity moment. reverse Frankenstein,er not a sunset. Flip. Sunset. Well, I I would have smiled and nodded at whatever, because I don't know the names of things. But there God, you go. James. God, James. Suck your shit out. Just to call yourself a fan. <laughs> also, and getting back to the match and those like finishers. At the end. I did say it was a satisfyingly epic finish and i was particularly satisfied seeing it since the last one we watched both of our one of our main critiques was it was such a weird underwhelming and fast finish like i was even sure the match was over this was proper like all right it was over it was one big move following another big move i do have both had flair okay the reverse frankensteiner off the top rope had like never been seen in a women's match ever before almost never happens in men's matches it's fucking insane and no one talked about it and that wasn't the ending she had to pick her up and use her finishing move why why couldn't the huge ridiculous move be the finish why does she have to pick because up and this use her one finishing has because this one has her name in it duh we must use this one i hate wrestling's obsession with finishing moves so mm-hmm. many great like should be the end in a match moments get ruined by someone like having to pick the opponent back up and use their finishing move you know yeah for sure i i still think at least it looked to to the uneducated person it still looked pretty cool 
when you don't know that the finisher is a dumb name and you didn't realize the one before it was infinitely better. But it's still, even if that complaint, you still have to say it was inf- su- supremely better than the last one we watched as a, yes. like, like if, an if, end if, to if the I was match. putting them on a scale of, like, one to a hundred, right? The last, like, this one would be, like, an 80. It was still good. It's just let down a bit by the fact you had to do a finisher after such a ridiculous move. Yeah. The other one liked- would be, like, a five. I also liked um, that right before this, the end, the crowd seemed split again, right down the middle, because you hear, like, let's go Bailey, then let's go Sasha, and they were pretty equal in volume, which, again, you said that kind of is a bad thing for WWE, because they haven't done a great job at making the one we're supposed to root for, but I kind of like it when it's like that, because it feels like there's more, feels more honest and more variation, and some people just like to cheer for the villains anyway, but either way and then again the ending okay this whole we are friends again ending is too little too late and the quote this is the revolution no it's not that does not feel like a revolution that felt like pandering that felt condescending like i as a woman watching that feel condescended to because it felt so forced like the woman would not have reacted like that of their own accord And again, it feels like you need to point out, you need to make it so obvious. Look, we're doing great things for women because you're actually not. If you need, it's like, again, if people need to compensate that hard, then what are you trying to hide? What are you compensating for, you know? And it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth at the end of the match. Yeah, like we always, we keep saying it's WWE obsessed with tell, not show. You know, they can't do like, visual storytelling they can't just let the storytelling matches speak for itself they have to shove everything down your throat every little detail and i hate it Mm -hmm. and apparently everyone else hates it as well because guess what guys last year wwe lost 28 percent of its viewers and 53 percent of its teenage viewers fuck yourself wwe (laughs) the numbers don't lie yeah those those are my notes for this match you driving away five. It was it was a two out of five or two and a half stars out of five until this end moment. Then it made it two out of five because the ending was stupid. You're driving away viewers at a record rate and are literally having some of your lowest rated shows of all time. And your response is to fucking hire people from the eighties to take over writing the shows. Good job, WWE. I'm really confident in you. <sighs> I hate them. I hate them so much. (laughs) I want to love them. I want to love wrestling. I enjoy wrestling so much. It's one of my favourite hobbies. I just hate that WWE are what people think of when they think of wrestling. Because they're so bad. And it's like they have some really, really great personalities. Obviously they have the money for some of the best production value. It is just they such have a shame. The, like, they have the most talented roster on the planet and possibly that's ever existed. They just put them all on such a leash and like script them so heavily and like tone down their wrestling until it all is stale and exactly the same as each other. Bah. Oh well. <sighs> and it's, uh, did you have anything in your notes that I didn't touch on? Um Bailey crying when she won. That was super cute. Um, the little girl crying when Sasha got beaten in the video package. Super cute. The video package was really good. <laughs> yeah, always, I did think it was... We always say that about W... Like, if there is one thing I'll praise WWE for, it's their fucking video packages. They're top-notch every single time. Yeah, because even if you hadn't given me, like, some brief intro, I would have got the whole history from that it's concise it's clear and like the the image of like the four horse women with bailey slowly fading out of it was yeah so that good. image already tells you like just you could have just shown that and like three other clips and that would have been almost enough that would have been probably a very new japan take on it thinking of again that weird like one where like kenny was the terminator or some nonsense like they're much more highly stylized flair for dramatic videos be something you'd see more in that what did it cost you everything <laughs> so good political logo fading out yeah um, so like imagine if there was something like that and then it cut to the image of the horsewoman with bailey fading like oh cool but uh, this was still really good 
and still told everything it wanted to tell. I also really liked how it's telling this whole like emotional like Bailey storyline with everyone turning on her and this is her moment and blah blah and then it cuts to Sasha Banks and she just goes boo freaking who like I loved it it was such a good like cut yeah like immediately we know exactly who she is in this fight she yeah is just the one, one line one line and you already want to punch her in the face. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one line and you already hate her. Like, that's so good. Which I was sad because, of course, I didn't know anything about her as a wrestler. I'm a little sad she was the heel just because I'm like, I want to cheer for you. And then I still ended up cheering for her anyway. Like, I kind of wanted Sasha to win just because I was so weirdly off-put by the Bailey brand, as I mentioned. But... Uh, I still was cheering for Sasha. Well, but. I mean, this is this is sort of what we... Like, one thing we talked about earlier was, like, WWE doing a terrible job of, like, telling stories and getting over who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. To the point where, like, on the main roster, people cheer the heels and boo the faces. Because they just... They, they rebel. They're like... WWE's like, oh, this guy's a really good guy. Look, we're telling you he's good. And the fan's like, no, we don't give, we a, don't, shit. We don't give a shit. We don't <laughs> like him. We're going to boo him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you're like doing such a bad job of it that your fans actively rebel against you and do the opposite of what they're supposed to do, please go reevaluate what you're doing. Please. <laughs> Maybe take a good hard look in the mirror, look at your writers, <laughs> figure it out. So, next up, we've got a few options. Um,. I kind of want to do, like, all the Western promotions in one fell swoop and then okay. move on to Japanese wrestling. You know, women's wrestling. That's fair, wrestling. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next up, do you want to do AEW, TNA, or Ring of Honor? Um, uh, I feel like I'm torn. I either want to do AEW, because we've had two matches I did not like in a row. It'd be nice to watch something... I did, or I'm like, should we just keep on the trend and like save the best for last and save AEW and do Ring of Honor first? Because I'm pretty Jeez, sure I'm going to hate yeah, that. If you, if you, from if what you, you... you want to watch another bad one, pick <laughs> Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know what's better. Is it better to stagger, like, pace the good and the bad so I don't just sound like I hate everything for weeks on end? I don't know. <laughs> um,. What's we could about we AEW? could we could do something cool. We could try and do a Twitter poll, and for mm. once, let let some listeners have a say. What we do next? Yeah. maybe. So, um, one thing that's interesting about AEW is I'm not sure what we're gonna do with them because basically they've got like they've got just a women's division, but it's mm-hmm. like got a lot of Japanese women in it and a lot of like Western women. Yeah, and they've very largely been sort of like kept apart mm-hmm. so i don't know like what to show you <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like i don't know whether to show you like you know one of the japanese women's AEW matches or like the western AEW matches <laughs> like it's like what do i do here <laughs> probably if you're doing if we do the all western ones first probably the western one right just to keep it strict yeah but if we're sticking to one match a show like promotion Oh, okay. I don't What's... want that to be the representation of AEW. That's that's fair. Well, then I would say pick whatever you think is the best representation of that promotion. Okay. But yeah, if you well, because basically I'm torn between AEW next to break up the Laura shits on everything, or Ring of Honor because keep it up and just get all the bad out of the way before. So we could we could take it to Twitter and let Twitter decide. Yeah, we'll do that then. We will attempt. A Twitter poll. Yes, and then if, if, if we get underwhelming results, then we'll just pick, aka, no one votes. Well, but so like make sure you guys are following the Making vote. a Mark. Yeah, make sure you guys are following the Making a Mark Twitter account so you can vote if you're listening to this. Um, the Twitter, I believe, is M A M Wrestling. So and obviously, we will wait. We will wait to post the Twitter poll until after this episode is out, and then we'll say give it maybe a day for the episode, or or we release them at the same time. Or is it maybe um, give it give it like a few hours because we usually tweet out the episodes on there yeah, as yeah, well yeah. and then like six hours later put up the poll and let it last yeah. for like a day or something. 
Um, and yeah, I, I trust you to like plug the poll a lot. Yeah. So I get more attention. <laughs> I don't have any social media, so I can't plug. All me. I'm I got very this. bad at plugging stuff because I don't have social media. I got this. Um, we can do it. So yeah, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy that. I thought you might enjoy it because NXT Women's Wrestling's good, but I we totally should, get your complaints. We should post the we should post it on Sunday so that even though I'm not there, you can plug it during Dungeon Select. Mm, that's a good idea. I'll have to get it. Which for those that do not know, um, Dungeon Select is the Dungeons and Dragons campaign that Hanzo and I are both in together and is live streamed on Twitch. I'm now wondering whether to edit out this whole conversation or just leave it in. Because it's going to sound really weird us saying like, oh, we'll put it up on Sunday to the audience. But it might also be funny and charming. Yeah, no, I said, leave it in. Okay. Leave it in. Also, okay. it's like cheeky promotion for one of the other things that we do on the <laughs> yeah, internet. Yeah. What do you mean? Leave it <laughs> in there. Guys, go watch Dungeon Slut. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Dungeon Slut. Go. Um, yeah, like I say, I, I, I thought you might really enjoy this because the actual like wrestling in the match... He's well, good. like I said, it's and I just, said that when I gave it the rating, the yeah, only reason yeah. it has any stars is because the wrestling was good. If the, if it had just been rating on story, it would have been a zero. But the, I did like, the, and also it's because the wrestling match wasn't good for me start to finish. It finished great and the middle was great, but I thought the beginning was also really catty. And it, the beginning just showcased a combination of things I don't like in wrestling combined with things I really don't want to see from female wrestlers because it plays into tropes from women that I think we need to overcome. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I really thought going into this, you, there's a chance you might like enjoy it and stuff. But I also <laughs> think your complaints are totally valid, and I understand all of them. Um, so I felt so bad at the beginning because you were like, "Oh, this is the better. <laughs> this is the better of the two. It's like significantly a better match." And then I'm like, "I hate it." I'm starting. To, I'm, I'm thinking now you might have enjoyed Sasha Becky more because the wrestling in it is maybe not quite as good like it definitely doesn't have anywhere near as many like high spots and doesn't have the frankenstein thing which was a big deal but the storytelling is nowhere near as ham-fisted it doesn't have stephanie mann coming out and doing a speech it doesn't have um you know the after like match moment with the four horse women and stuff like that stephanie mcmahon to me literally felt like navi in ocarina of time going hey listen like basically this is important hint hint you need to watch this because this is important hint hint i'm like i we don't just get it the irony is she goes we don't just say it's the main event it is the main event. And I'm like, but you are saying, because it's not. You are 100% just saying, rather yeah, than like, doing, like, what are you talking about? She's literally saying the opposite of what they're doing. <laughs> oh, it was so fucking dumb. It's just so dumb. Oh, uh, good luck. Like, this is, this is why. I hope now, in retrospect, you understand what I was saying at the end of Ask a Charlotte. Like, because you were saying, oh, that was a cool moment. And I was like, trust me, they always do it. Yeah, Always. like I'm starting to get that now, for sure. Uh, it drives me mad. I hate it. And like I say, it's the double standard as well. Like they don't do that shit with the men. When a man wins a big match, you know what I mean? Because like, also, to like... me, it goes to the whole that women, like women, must be these like happy, like perfect creatures. We can't stay mad at the end of the match. We have to all hug and cry and kiss about it and be like, oh, we're all we love each other. We all have to we're share best friends. this revolution like, together and how yeah, big no, a moment it is. We can have emotions. We can still be powerful without liking everyone. Like we can no, it feels like this is not an episode of My Little Pony, okay? This is wrestling. <laughs> like My Little Pony. My Little Pony. <laughs> In fact, um, My Little Pony has better writers. Someone go fire them. <laughs> Someone get the Care Bear team on the job. Please. Someone go find the writers for My Little Pony stat right now. Oh my god. My Little Pony has better writers. That's... It does. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh like, I, there's there's a reason so many grown-ass adults, men, women, and in between, all watch that show, even though it's a children's show. My best friend is obsessed with My Little Pony, and I give her so much oh shit for god. it. She finally is like, Laura, you need to stop. It's actually good. And then, like, looking at some of the plot lines, I'm like, this is actually, like, better written than a lot of adult television. I think when I finally post this episode on Twitter, I think I might, like, post it with a quote, My Little Pony Has Better Writing. <laughs> you use that as the tagline, because that was... Oh, my God, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Well, there you um, go. TLDR of the episode right there. 
So yeah, that was uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey from NXT Brooklyn. Didn't quite get the reaction I hoped, but we got to have a good rant about how shit WWE is, so it's all good. Uh, next week, we will be doing a Twitter poll to decide... W- not next week, why did I say next week? Next episode, we will be decide what we watch... Bleh. What we watch will be decided by Twitter, so make sure you follow the Twitter, MAM Wrestling. A poll will go up, and you can vote on what match we watch next. And make sure you follow Laura on Twitter, at LauraK483. Yep, yep. And keep your eye out for the next episode. We might have a special birthday episode coming out somewhat soon. Oh, yeah! Because it is my birthday next week. And we want to do a special birthday episode of the podcast. So keep an eye out for that as well. And thank you for listening. Bye!